Hi everyone, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the following podcast belong solely to the host and its contributors. They are not necessarily the views of our employers, organizations, committees, or other group or individual. Hi, I'm Joseph Whitney. And I'm David Campbell. Welcome to Brewing with BIM. Where we talk about construction technology, processes, and beer. shit man another episode of brewing with bim welcome yes back, man. this is a big one this is it is bim 360 i'm so excited man so excited me too i mean it's like the uh the culmination right <laughs> yeah this is kind of what we've been working up to um and you know this isn't gonna be the last software we cover but it's a great one man i'm i'm so happy for this for this episode um but, I mean, before we actually, like, start diving into all the nitty-gritty and all the fun stuff, I got to ask you, brother, what are you drinking? So, this one uh, is actually Rogue Dead Guy Ale. And it, it's funny, but when, got classic, when Adrian – Huh? It's been a classic, man. I like it. It is. It is. You know, um, when Adrian and I first moved out here, we actually randomly found our way out to Newport and stumbled upon, you know, Rogue's Brewery right there in Newport. And it's just awesome. It is awesome. Great beer. A great vibe right there um, in that area of little shops and, and restaurants, things like that you can walk through. And a, a actual uh, a seafood market right there. And they got some boats. They sell tuna and all that kind of stuff. Crab right there on the docks. Awesome. Yeah, man. That sounds yeah. like a fun time. I hadn't gone to that location, but I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. I'm, I've, I've been in this mood lately that uh, – I kind of want to go back out to the coast again for a weekend, and then I'm looking at Rogue, the the dead guy on the store today, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're coming home. Yeah. Yeah, you're a lot closer than going to the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I definitely am. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I kind of miss that. Although the water out there, man, too damn cold, brother. Too oh. damn cold. Yeah. It's like, let's go on the, let's go out to the beach in the summer, and you still really can't swim because it's, it's still too cold, but at least it's a little more tolerable. Well, well, better yet, let's go out to the beach, and I'll get into a hot tub. How about that, man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What about you? What are you drinking on today? Oh, my brother, man. Uh, so, you know, I'm hopping around, checking out place to place, and trying to look for something spectacular. And I've had Victory beer before, but I saw this Victory Golden Monkey. I have never had this beer and it is fan-freaking-tastic. It is a uh, Belgian triple. I don't know if you know anything about the triples. Have you oh. dabbled with any of those? No, I have not. Oh, man. It's um, it's it's they're famous for their, like, it's kind of like a blonde ale, but it's got um, uh, banana, notes of banana, notes of clove. It's a little spiced, uh, but it's, like, very, very smooth. It's, like, silky smooth. I used to drink this beer called Delirium Tremens all the time. I used to, like, crush it because it comes in this, like, pint bottle. Freaking loved it, man. But uh, I saw this uh, Golden Monkey, and I was like, you know, I'll give it a shot. Bro, it's been kicking my butt all day, man. I had a, a two about, you know, four o'clock my time, and uh, it put me back on, put me on my back. I'm like, man, what's going on? Nine and a half percent alcohol, bro. Damn it, barley wine. So uh, <laughs> feeling pretty good. I, you know, I took some time off, drank some water, hydrated, ate some food. Uh, now I'm kicking back off. I got got another beer open, and uh, dude, they're they're delicious. They're uh, 
this is out of uh, Dowington, Pennsylvania. It's close to Philly. Um, man, it's uh, it's it'll do the job. It's great. That's awesome. That sounds really good too. I'll have to check it out. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. Well, um, I'm excited again. Like I said for this episode, mainly because I've been on this BIM 360 kick for what, like three years now, four years? I don't know how long, man. It's been forever. Oh yeah, yeah. You spun me up on it as soon as yeah. I got that. Bro, you you've uh, you've taken it and, and done something, man. Like you've you've uh, gone pretty far with it. So I love what you've done. That said, man. You know, let's talk about the history and then we can talk about where it's going because uh, we got some cool insights and this is a great tool. And I know you did some digging on the, the history, so I'll let you uh, kick some of that off if you'd like. Well, so this is where I've got a little bit here and there um, in terms of I, I saw that, what was it, right around 2015, um, Docs was brought up, but you had the kind of older um, modules of uh, field, glue, and uh, what Project IQ? No, Project IQ is a newer one. Um, field and glue were the older ones. Ops came out of that. Project oh, IQ right. was, um, I mean, it was started out of out of Docs essentially, and now I, I forgot what it's called now. Insight or something, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, that's uh, right. Yes, it's Insight. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I have a, you know, while we're on this, you know, little history tangent, real quick. Uh, do you know what uh, Docs was released as? Docs was released uh, originally. Hmm. Come on, before you get to the Google search, come on. Come All on, right, come on. I'm trying. No, I don't. I don't. All know. right, man. So it was Project Alexandria, and when Autodesk announced this, I started digging into it. I was telling everybody, I was like, "This is going to be huge. This is going to be great." I mean, for one. If you name something Project Alexandria and it's supposed to be a repository for all files, like it's got to be big, right? So Alexandria, the historical context, um, all of the ancient texts were stored there. It was the library. Um, so, I mean, it's it's going to be great in that, in that sense. Um, then you take it one step further and you realize what Autodesk is doing with it is they're aggregating all of their cloud tools into one central repository. I was like, oh, I'm on board with all this. Let's see where it's going. And I was already doing stuff with Field and Glue at the time, so Project Alexandria really spoke to me. So it was released as Project Alexandria. Uh, it's kind of their beta uh, project, I guess, or beta name. Um, and out of that, man, spun a lot of greatness. It's taken a while, but but I'm very happy with where uh, Docs is and where, where it will be. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, it's... Um, I, I started in BIM 360, what, about three three years ago? And um, for even just from that time to now, uh, it, it's it's changed and expanded and oh. used so much. Night and day, man. Night and day. It's insane. I remember you kept telling me, like, just wait, man. Just wait. You'll see. Yeah. It gets better. It's just we got to give it time. <laughs> well, and, well at, at the time, I was working with a lot of the, the beta guys and – I was on all the like forums and everybody was like, oh, this feature, do this feature. And like we'd recommend features and Autodesk would say, yeah, it's coming. We're going to build this one into the next release. Don't worry. So like we knew what was coming. It was just like, come on, hurry up and get there. We can't wait. I was excited. I was jazzed. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't say jazz. I'm not a guy that says jazz. So I was really jazzed. <laughs> I love it. Um, but – before Docs, there was um, something just a little bit more. Um, so Docs was 
I don't know, man, how to, how to put this. So uh, Docs, Docs came later. It was kind of a, uh, an amalgamation, if you will. So Autodesk, for the past 10 years, had been working on this platform called Forge. It was a series of APIs, and they were going to use this to push and pull data and all that stuff behind the scenes. This is really the underpinning of Forge. But before, or before Docs, uh, and so before Docs, there was other BIM 360 modules the first came through an acquisition called uh, from a company called Horizontal Systems that was Glue. That was back in 2011. That company was a very young company. It was founded in 09, so a two-year-old company. And uh, Autodesk swallows them up. Undisclosed amount of money, I think. You know, terms undisclosed. So pretty remarkable. Uh, the following year, they acquired a company called Vela Systems. And if you ever use BIM 360 Field Classic and you go and you look at the templates for um, like checklists and stuff like that. And you go to the library of checklists, uh, you know, ones that are already created. There's like thousands in there. It's awesome. Uh, they all say Vela Systems on them. So like Autodesk didn't change all the names. So it's like, oh, these are, this, this is what it used to be called. This is where it came from. So uh, that was pretty cool. Um, but what Autodesk did with those eventually made, you know, made even more sense. They made it talk to each other. Um, and I really love that component. Yeah, I agree. So that's 2011, that's 2012. So what do you think came next? Um, I mean, after glue and field, I think it would be ops, right? Uh, you know, actually, I don't know the date on ops. Do you have the release date for ops? Oh, let's check it. I don't. Oh. I had uh, something I think was next, but let's see. Good old Google. Uh, Google's failing me. Yeah. <laughs> I think Ops, Ops came out about, if I had a guess, I would say it came out about 2014. That's just my guess. Okay, okay. Um, because Autodesk needed time to build out the workflows, and we could actually go back to some people at Autodesk and figure out how more uh defined timeline but so um ops was the the end all of the the data right so that was our fm fm handover tool and you and i preach this workflow we preach what has been blah 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 you know like who's going to benefit what do you do with that data this was a real process to get us from model to handover and actually get into an fm system in a usable format so do you, are you familiar with the old workflow of field and glue yeah, where uh, we'd, we'd push information back, you'd actually hold it in glue, you could see it in field, kind of create RFIs, things like that, push information back. I did like the uh, actually creating parameters with glue and pushing them back into the model. I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, so you can create equipment sets and push that information up to your glue model. Whatever gets captured in field, we'll populate in glue, and we can get that to populate back into uh, our red model. It was awesome, it was great. And then there's like a one-click button, essentially, where you, you – uh, you export out, spin it up, uh, BIM 360 ops, and then from there you have all of that, um, uh, you know, handover information attached to a model in a easy to consume format. It was, it was, yes, it's amazing. It's a great tool, um, and I, from what I understand, that tool is coming as they build out next gen. We just have to get the equipment tracking, asset tracking stuff kind of built out, which is really gets to this whole idea, of the grandiose BIM. Yeah, I mean, as much information as we can take and and be able to host, I, I think on that cloud platform is going to be um, 
well, I want to say amazing, right? But it's going to streamline a lot of, uh, it's going to ease a lot of our pain points and streamline a lot of workflows that we have. It's nothing worse than having to hand off data. And then somebody says, is this the latest version? It's like, I hate that. It's like, yeah, of course it's the latest version. You can check my file history. It's right there. (laughs) Come on now. Get with the times, guys. Um, So, so. That's kind of like the history, right? You've got 11, 12, and then maybe 14, I guess, when Ops came out. Um, I don't know if you recall, but on our Revit episode, we ch- we talked about this Revit 1 that came out, you know, where everything was all together that happened in 2013. And in that episode, I mentioned, well, this made sense because um, they released collaboration for Revit not too far afterwards. Yeah, that's right, C4R. Yeah, so 2014, it was released under, do you remember what code name it was? Oh gosh, what was it? What was it? Uh, man, that's a good one. That is a good one. Um, no, I can't think of it. I can't think of it. Man, I'm taking it old school here. Disappointing uh, today. Yeah, it's only it's only what six years ago. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was released as Project Skyscraper. Um, Skyscraper. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was built on a product called Teens. I think it was a 360 teams and been 360 teams. So again, you know, been 360, the name at least has connotations predating today's platform in some way. Um, and been 360 teams in my mind was a stopgap, right? It was created for this file transfer, um, collaboration, uh, workflow, uh, to give people access, um, to interact with people outside of their company, outside of their firewall. Um, where, you know, with great permissions and stuff, because I don't know if you remember, but like Revit server, it's great for internally, not so great externally. You have to yeah. you know, it's, you know, bring in people you trust, essentially. Mm-hmm. So uh, collaboration for Revit really bridged that gap and helped us uh, overcome that. And now, obviously, it was BIM 360 design. It's even better. But uh, yeah, man. Uh, sorry, I kind of ran with the little history off the top of my head. I apologize. No, thank you, dude. Thank you very much. It's always awesome to get a nice history lesson. You learn, you know, my goal is uh, at the end of every day is to learn something new. So uh, we're right on track for today. <laughs> woo, woo. All right, man. Oh, I'm eager for you to drop some knowledge on me as well, my man. Um, all right. All right. So um, is that everything you wanted to cover in the history? Oh, oh no. Um, I did. I, I had another trivia question for you. All right. So we had BIM 360 um, glue, and obviously we can make a chat with BIM 360 field. Um, but it all started in the design application, Revit, Navisworks, whatever it is. There's a tool called Autodesk Point Layout, which I know you know about. And I could push points up to the cloud, and I could leverage that information through glue and I can connect to a robot in the field. Mm-hmm. Do you know the name of the app that you could use? And it only worked on iPad at the time. Gosh, I want to, well, I want to say get the point, but that was what originally was. That was uh, APL, yeah, yeah. APL originally, yes. I think, so. I think you're overthinking this one. I am way overthinking this. <laughs> um, is it Layout? Yes, Vin 360 Layout. Oh, oh, man, oh. 10 points. Give the man a gold star. <laughs> I wanted to go nerdy and be like, 10 points to Gryffindor. <laughs> oh, man. You nerd. I love it. I love it. Oh. 
I've never done that test to figure out what I am, Gryffindor, Slytherin, or whatever, but uh, um, that's cool. <laughs> that's pretty yeah. funny. Uh, yeah, so essentially, uh, you're, you're right on the money. We had this old workflow where we would use a, um, a Bluetooth bridge. We t- talked about this on other episodes. Uh, and we could connect our iPad. And then if this came from Navisworks, and like, say your guys wanted to... Um, uh, you know, you want to see all the native viewpoints and not necessarily the saved views from glue. Two totally different things. You know that now, I'm sure. Um, you can toggle that on in the iPad and actually see them out in the field and get the native clash points, uh, native viewpoints. Um, it's It was just a great tool. Um, now I don't know if we can do that in the field, but I think I can do it on the desktop. Are you talking about layout? No, no, sorry. I circled back to glue. My bad. I should probably... Oh, okay. Telling you, man, 9.5% alcohol, bro. It, it <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so with glue or field, you can, on both both platforms, you can toggle back on certain viewpoints. And because layout was a derivative of the glue application, I think you can do the same thing in layout too, but I'm not, I'm not sure. I've never had a need to see the native viewpoints. I mean, essentially, you can create views and, and kind of save them back or create a set. Well, I mean, what you're doing is you're creating like no, an issue. Right? Yeah. No, well, like an, on, on the new one, you're creating issues. Um, yes. Yeah. 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 So so it's important for us to note this is the historical way the pro- platform used to work. It used to be very segmented. We were um, tying essentially multiple databases together. Mm hmm. With a you know a handshake essentially saying hey um, I need this data you need this data let's show this here and show this there worked very well not an end all solution no but the new platform we're all in one so think of docs right you teach this so I know you know this so I'm speaking to the the audience out there docs is that low um, I was going to say low trust, but that's probably not right. Uh, no, no, dude, I say docs is the beginning. It's, it's the low-hanging fruit, right? Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's low-hanging fruit. It's the easiest way for you to collaborate uh, with others. And essentially, think of it as um, an FTP site, um, you know, the cloud somewhere, somebody else's server, right? But, uh, you know, data you can access from anywhere, but... Um, the tools that are specifically that are in here are specifically designed for the AEC industry. So um, file comparison, being able to version comparison, being able to see what's changed between multiple versions rather than working with um, an architect who clouds the whole sheet and says, yeah, it's changed. Well, what's changed on the sheet? It'll, you know, if it's a Revit file or CAT file, it'll tell you exactly what's changed. It'll tell you what type of element was. Was it structural? Was it mechanical, electrical uh, piping, all that sort of stuff. That's changed, show you where it's changed, how it's changed. It is amazing. I love it. That, uh, the markup capabilities, um, the issue tracking, like all-in-one system, it's beautiful. Love it. It is, dude. I mean, honestly, if you even take it a step further, like it's it's right where you want to be when you're trying to share the information for the model, not only just um, in in terms of literally um, versioning, but – being able to share all of our models, all of our data linked together kind of in one area, because as you know, everything is built off of docs, everything. Yeah. So that's yeah. where it starts. And 
if oh sorry go ahead no i was gonna say and docs is is definitely a great place for us to start this conversation because it is that underpinning it is the the low-hanging fruit i mean at some point in time we should probably talk about forge and all that comes out of that but yep um uh it's it's pretty remarkable that um you know, it's come so far in such a short time. Uh, you know, Autodesk has been working on Forge for 10 plus years, supposedly. Uh, at least that's what's been told to me. But um, what they released to the public, what, 2015, I think is what you said? Yeah. Um, yep. So in that, you know, four and a half year time frame, um, it's, it's, you know, dropped on its head, flipped over a few times. It's, it's completely new. Yep, it's learned. See, that's that's the good thing. I mean, it's still adapting. You see, every every like couple weeks or so, there's something new that's come out. I mean, just recently we've seen the addition of mini, uh, meeting minutes, right? You're gonna, you're you're yeah. able to track meeting minutes, and I think that's another kind of key thing about BIM 360 as a whole is the fact that it keeps adapting, it keeps evolving for the needs um, that we have. Yeah, and, and another thing is if there's something in BIM 360 you don't you don't see but you feel it should be there, go to the forums, man. People are, are actively – Autodesk is actively uh, monitoring those. I've had a, a number of things that I've, uh, you know, posted about and, and gotten, you know, like 40, 80-plus people behind me say, yeah, we like that, we like that. And then all of a sudden you got uh, Joan Allen or whoever comes down and says, yeah, we'll implement that. So, oh, great. It's awesome. Heck yeah. Thank you. Yep. Makes me feel like makes my, my concerns feel validated. I love it. Um, <laughs> so earlier you mentioned something. You said it's it's learning, it's adapting, and I think that's probably the next um, pivotal thing for us to talk about as we talk about what BIM 360 is. So for those of you guys that don't know, BIM 360 is, for for lack of a better phrase, it is a um, a cloud site a cloud hosted it's cloud hosted data your cloud hosted data um, but it has a series of modules as well as third-party applications that you can use to leverage and access your data to achieve not only your uh, work workflows and functionality but collaborate with other people so that they can use that same data um, so think about it in terms of if we're using docs i can do um, upload my my content of linked files and all that sort of stuff. And if I'm working with somebody, they can access that. They can actually lock that file, um, well, download it, then lock the file, make changes, and then re-upload it back, unlock the file. Therefore, next time I get in it, I see all the changes that they've made. It's yep. this awesome workflow. That's just the base Even level of docs. Yeah, dude, even even just being able to connect your executives like an owner, right, to the process of what's going on, allowing them a visual to see kind of what's changing. Hey, here's your model. Here's a full 3D model of what you're what you're going to have and then being able to give them that first person viewer, right? And, and just allowing them to walk through and make comments or say, "Okay, can we get this changed? Can we do this? Can we do that?" I mean, it's great for for the entire process oh. and it's great at connecting everybody. It is an amazing way to visualize data for non-designers. That's the that's the easiest, um, I guess, synopsis, right? So if yep. you are not the person that's designing, but you need to access all the design data, this is a great tool to section it, flip it, spin it, walk it, view all the property data, query it, do whatever you need to do. Um, you can do it all in BIM 360. And earlier, so I skipped over this. You said uh, it's adapting, it's learning. 
Um, my next point that I was going off of what docs is, is there are modules specifically inside of docs that actually learn over time. They do predictive analytics and use a bit of AI essentially to learn as you go on. So there are modules, uh, you know, uh, built around the field applications, right? So uh, Bin360 build, for instance, sits on top of docs, leverages the docs data. But as you create issues, um, it's always learning. So if I've got this subcontractor and this subcontractor and this project, um, both pose issues on this type of project, but I've got two, I work with these two subcontractors, another project of the same type, it's going to say, hey, look, you've got a 30% chance of interacting uh, of occurring the same issues that you occurred on this previous project at this time, you know, just be mindful of it. Like it's it's learning that and applying that pattern recognition. Uh, so over time, it is. be proactive. It is going to be awesome, dude. Once you have I, ten projects, can... twenty projects in there. Oh Sorry, yeah, dude. Problem. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. I just I get so excited when you start talking about this because I, I like want to geek out on it with you. It, it's just the issues component of Docs of BIM 360 is amazing it really is because as you're talking about you're able to track these issues but you're able to see kind of what the root cause because i mean as you're filling out these issues you're you're putting in what type of issue it is whether it's defined or design deficiency code compliance it's safety anything like that and what the root cause of the of this issue is and again as you're saying it's tracking that information and able to give you these analytics that you can use again as you're going down down uh, down the road for these other projects whether you're a general contractor looking for subcontractors or you know you're an owner <laughs> owner look right looking for architects looking for design firms that you want to work with you're going to see how many issues how, how you know in, in terms of uh, design and uh, let's say just design deficiencies or anything like that clash uh, clash detection all that kind of stuff you're going to be able to see all of that information on, on every kind of step of the process. And I think that that's going to make a lot of people feel better as they're going through the process, but it's, it's allowing us to learn at the same time, right? We're getting constructive criticism from this and it's, we're doing it. So we're able to better our processes at the same time to grow with it. Yeah. So you've said our processes, you've said owners, and uh, when you say our process, I think you were mentioning you're probably referring to design staff and construction professionals. Yes. Yeah, so it's yeah. important for us to boil it down. Who uses BIM 360? And in my mind, you hit the nail on the head. Um, obviously, one, uh, owners. It's a great way to allow owners to access information without you know, and mark up and you know request more information, all that sort of stuff, and suggest stuff without giving them access to the actual design file. I mean, yes, they have access to the design file, but they're not making any edits or changes to that design file. And if they did, we still have saved copies of the design file. So it never matters like what happens to them. That said, uh, designers. So there's a module called BIM 360 Design, and you're very fluent with this one. Yes, I am. BIM 360 design is kind of what you need. It's what C4R C4 needed to be, um, you know, and you're kind of seeing more and more built into that because of docs, as you're saying, um, with being built on docs, but the versioning, right, the document control permissions, things like that, being able to create your design teams and specifying permissions within those folders, allowing people to um, centralize their model in the cloud and uh, essentially assign permissions, right? They can path it right through Revit into BIM 360 
and pull down this information. And then you know that your design team, I mean, based on the workflow that they're using, whether it's publish and consume or it's live leaking, um, are able to collaborate, kind of synchronize to this model. Excuse me, <laughs> beer's kicking in. And and uh, when they're ready, you know, when when this information is is done, let's say you've reached your 60%, uh, d you know, DDSD or CDs, what have you, whatever part of the process you're in, you can publish this package, right? Yeah, it's milestones. Yeah. Exactly. Using that timeline, man. That timeline feature in design, I think that's pretty underrated right now, because I I just don't I don't. I, I, I see so much that you can do with it. You can essentially coordinate your entire kind of timeline of, of events for this project using that timeline in design. Yeah, yeah, it's a great tool. There's a lot of tools that I think have yet to be fully um, uh, utilized. And, mm -hmm. you know, maybe that's because it didn't fit a specific project or maybe it's just due to time or maybe it's because we haven't gotten around to learning this, you know, whoever hasn't gotten around to learning this the specific tools, but uh, design is a great tool. I think it's, it is the tool for designers, um, architects, engineers, that sort of stuff. Uh, and now having the ability to use it for still 3d, I mean, come on, dude. Yes. what, what aren't they doing now? It's, yes. it's amazing. I, uh, yes. I mean, it's going to be awesome. They're, they're able to push up those, uh, well, civil 3d drawings into docs and then, able to version control it again set permissions all that stuff so if i'm pulling that surface into revit which I, i've done a few times and it's very difficult I, i'll tell you very difficult to adjust your surfaces in revit once it's brought in you got all those little points and you're trying to adjust elevation and set the right slope and really get the the ground to slope away as you want it to and your contour lines to kind of pull but Revit likes yeah. to skip some of those. <laughs> yeah, the, the gridding tools in Revit, um, they're they're to be desired, I guess. But uh, yes, it's that's not the its primary focus. So no. by no. by allowing us to live link, or essentially link back to that uh, civil file and bring in those files, um, allows us to work in a more collaborative manner and say, hey, actually, could you change this here and edit this here and you know, take ten minutes out of their day and make some adjustments and kick it back up and. Uh, then I save four hours of time having to mess with things that Revit doesn't necessarily do very well. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's great, man. Great. Um, so that's uh, design. And then we've talked about owners, but uh, other people that access this project or this, this data that's for a project, would, uh, in my mind, be construction individuals. So further downstream, like um, project managers, um, uh, that, that brings to mind a, you know, a great... Well, uh, sorry, yeah, but right before that, I think you have to talk coordinate, right? Oh, because my gosh. Yes. Yeah, sorry. You, you got to go in between. <laughs> yeah. If we're going design, we got to go coordinate Whoa. and then we go we go out into the field. So I think, you know, coordinate is is very awesome. Right. Model coordination. Um, yeah. Well, you, you mentioned earlier the uh, the ability to do issues and the, yep. the, the most powerful thing about issues in my mind. Well, there's two, but. Um, the best thing about issues is being able to use it in conjunction with the, the clash detection, the, the automated clash detection, if you will. Yes. Um, that's, that's the most powerful component of issues for me, being able to have actionable items, uh, for our, our clashes so that I don't spend eight hours on a Friday or a Thursday doing coordination when all I got to do is just log into this portal and say, skip this, skip this. Hey, Joe, fix this. Skip this, skip this, skip this. <laughs> 
You know, yes. you should probably make an edit here. Skip this, skip this. Let's jump on a call and actually sort through this piece here. You know, like it just makes life yep. a little bit easier. Well, I mean, not only that, it's going to give you those saved views, kind of as we were talking about earlier, those viewpoints and the model of where those clashes are and – Excuse me, geez. <laughs> anyway, so you're going to be able to, when, when you send that issue, when you create that issue, it actually has that element ID number that you can do a search for within Revit and find it right in the model. Uh, it makes things so much easier, and especially when you're tagging like responsibility, right? You're setting responsibility to um, you know, John Doe over here. And John is going to get an email. John Doe. <laughs> John Doe. John is going to get an email assigning responsibility saying, hey, you need to get in here and uh, look at this issue. And they're going to be able to just click on that and see exactly what's going on. Yep, yep, that's my bad. Let's go ahead and get that fixed. Yep, yep. Um, that's a powerful feature. I mean, it's something that we lacked in uh, glue. Um we had clash detection. I just don't think it was as robust as it is now. Obviously, software gets better, cloudware gets better, technology in general gets better. So I'm I'm really digging on uh, this this version a lot better. Um, plus, it it uses that file repository, so I don't have to connect multiple stuff. I've I've worked with people that have used uh, Bin 360 Design or even C4R for that matter. If we take it back, um, and when working with collaboration for Revit and Bin 360 Glue. I'm uploading to two different locations. It's like, oh, I wish there's a way to sync my data back and forth. And, you know, that kind of gets yep. cumbersome. So now that we're all on one platform, it all uses it. It's awesome. Love it. Well, exactly. And I mean, that's that's a step. That's another step forward, I would think, with docs being able to support, what was it, 50, 60 plus file formats, your IFCs, of course, all your Autodesk, um, but a lot of other different file types. So again, we're kind of seeing um, docs and then coordinate become this kind of aggregator, but in the cloud, yeah. right? Yeah, they use the, I think it's the same engine for Navisworks, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that large model viewer, I, I mm -hmm. think, I don't know, I'm probably way off on this. But um, the fact that they do almost the same file formats, in my mind, makes me think that they're probably similar in some regards. But just, so that's that's coordination. Now, once your model is coordinated, before we get to the field, actually, uh, there's another component that that uh, another group of individuals that leverages this data that I've seen. Um, the Fab Shops, man. Um, so there are some cool tools out there that I'll do spooling uh, in the cloud um, on BIM 360. And um, we can leverage all that data that we pump up to BIM 360. It'll do all the annotations, dimensioning, all that stuff. And then uh, we can track that stuff downstream. And then they can use BIM 360 to log in and view all of that data in the Fab Shops, man. Yep. I believe you're talking – are you talking about like uh, with cost and assemble? No, no. I was no. talking about Stratus. Um, Stratus. Okay. Cost and assemble, that's something else to talk about too. Um, yeah, so Stratus, they're the makers of uh, GTP, um, so okay. Get get the Point uh, was the company. Um, Autodesk bought Get the Point from them, then they changed their name to, I think, GTP Services, and then they made Stratus. So they made the Autodesk Point Layout plugin, which we used to call GTP, Get the mm -hmm. Point, and now they make Stratus. And uh, I haven't done too much stuff with it. I know a few people that do. You know, some like it, some don't. Don't, um, but I, it's built on BIM 360, so I figure it's worth mentioning. Uh, I kind of like where it's going. Um, uh, you know, maybe at some point I'll dive a little bit deeper into it. But 
um, you know, it's again, it's remarkable. It's revolutionary. It's changing its industry. So uh, it was worth a mention. Yeah, definitely. I'll have to look more into that. I obviously need to uh, see uh, see what I can learn with that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of staying within Revit and doing the spooling, but um, anytime I can leverage BIM 360, you know, it's worth mentioning, right? So uh, you mentioned two things that were really important, um, and, uh, both pre-construction tools. So you talked about assemble. Uh, well, I guess the other one isn't pre-construction. It's more during construction. The other one's cost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, cost is a newer module, and it's one that, you know, we've kind of been like, well, where are they going with this? And then I got a glimpse into where they're going, and I got to know some of the integrations that are being worked on for it. And I'm like, okay, I'm kind of excited now. Let's 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 get these released. Um, Assemble though, that was a great acquisition. Yes, yes, definitely. You've dabbled more with that. You've tried to get me to do some, you know, webcast with you and a bunch of other stuff, and I just <laughs> haven't had time. Yeah, or I you know. Time. Dude, I, I love it. I really do. Um, I've had some time to play around in like a little sandbox. You know, I uploaded some models. First, I uploaded my steel model to kind of see um, what I had in terms of concrete on my model, what I had for in terms of steel, um, the lineal fit um, feet that I need for maybe some uh, reinforced uh, slab edges, some maybe thickened slab edges, anything like that. And um, it's amazing how it breaks it down, even the lineal feet for your columns. It's going to break everything down for you and allows you to like estimate cost and estimate and export or import data all from one platform. You're able to, of course, adjust all the columns that you're seeing, but you're going to see that full kind of 3D model, right? And again, everything that's modeled in Revit, it breaks it down. And it knows what's there per unit, it, whether it's, you know, outlets or you're looking at trim, you're looking at steel, you're looking at the cubic yardage for your concrete, even even rebar, the lineal feet for my rebar. It, it's going to be able to, to kind of, again, break all of this down and take in information that you put in for uh, your estimates for your costing. And <laughs> being able to have all of that data just as your model updates, right? So let's think about this being put on docs as I synchronize my model, as I publish this model, it's going to go ahead and shoot off to let's say assemble and it's going to update. Right. And then as my model update, all of my costing, my estimates are updating in real time as we're adjusting the steel or adjusting the concrete that we need, what have you on this model. Man, that's awesome. I got to dig more into it. I, I know like the general overview, but, um, you know, I maybe sat through one demo before, long, long time ago, pre-acquisition. Um, so I have to dive more into that. I do have a yep. question for you because I, I really don't know, and I'm sure our listeners would be probably more interested in knowing this. Uh, does it only work with 3D models, or does it actually do 2D as well? Okay, so as of right now, I've only, um, I've only really worked with the 3D models um, okay. in Assemble. So that's something that you know I think that we should get more into um but i'm pretty sure it's only yeah i mean it would make sense i just didn't know um you know i again i don't know that's why i'm asking these questions <laughs> yeah no you know i i've uh I, i've kind of dabbled in it and i'm i've 
I've straight I've stayed pretty much with the 3D models, kind of seeing how this um, how this all works. But that's a very good question to see if we can estimate off 2D. Um, I don't think it's there yet. Uh, I I still think um, Bluebeam is a is a good solution for taking off on any 2D kind of PDFs. Um, or okay. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, but, yeah, I'm reading it right now. It says it's a web-based 3D solution. So my guess is it's pretty much probably 3D only. I'm, I'm not, again, not 100% yeah. sure. Don't quote uh, us on statistics. But. Don't quote us on statistics <laughs> or facts or anything we say on this podcast. <laughs> um, that said, you brought up Bluebeam, man. Uh, you know, uh, the Bluebeam BIM 360 integration is pretty powerful. I like it. Yes. You know, it, it tends to flatten out the stuff that it brings back in. Uh, but just being able to spin up that session, leverage all the BIM 360 or the Bluebeam tools rather, um, and then save that data back into BIM 360, it's awesome. It uh, so for those of you guys that don't know, BIM 360 is core suite of functionalities, right? We've got uh, these all sit on Forge. So just if you can imagine, Forge on the bottom, on top of Forge is Docs, and then branching off of Docs in various you know fashions. We've got Build. This is your project management tools. We've got cost, which is your cost management tools. You've got um, uh, coordinate, which is your clash detection model coordination. Uh, you've got design, which is your uh, Revit collaboration, now Civil 3D as well. Um, I think that's just about everything right now. I know there's other ones coming. They're going to rebuild plan at some point and a bunch of other stuff. But those are the, the four primaries, right? I'm yep, missing yep. something. Well, I think, yes, those are definitely... Uh... Those are definitely the primaries. Cause we, oh, wait, you're missing uh, Insight. Okay, yeah, Insight. Yeah, yeah. Insight. so Insight is the, the analytical dashboard that goes to all those, right? So if you're yes. tracking issues and you know project percent completes or whatever you're tracking, whatever that statistics and data is, um, we can set up dashboards in Insight to look at those. Um, and we can set up by role, by person, by whoever. Uh, my Dude, it, it favorite gets is deeper. actually... Yeah, my whole favorite is actually bringing in data from external sources. Uh, so wait, wait, before before I dive off on that tangent, you said it gets deeper. What do you? Uh, it does. To? So I mean, I'm I'm talking like, uh, of course, when we when we start talking about the issues again, right? You're seeing the the quality risk factors. You're seeing any high risk subcontractors that you're working with, any issues, water risk issues, any checklist activity that you're waiting for to kind of, hey, we we need this done. It's going to kind of tell you the, any overdue issues. But even then, if you spin it to the other side of it, safety risks, right? It's seeing any safety risks that you might have today on your projects, any different projects. Then you're going to go into, of course, any code compliance, all that kind of stuff, um, who you're working with, any quality issues that you might be looking looking at. It's, I think it's just awesome to, to pull that, of course, all that analytical data, but to see real kind of issues, things like that, that are um, still... I want to say active on the project, right? Or, or any any red flags that are up that we need. Oh to yeah, yeah. Today. You're three weeks behind, you know, doing something about this issue, or so and so hasn't responded to this. It lets you know all that, which is great. I mean, I wish I had a personal assistant that told me all the things that I was forgetting. <laughs> yes. Oh yes. <laughs> uh, if I if I didn't have my Outlook calendar and flagging everything and CRMs and all that stuff, man, I'd That'd be lost. So it makes it makes perfect sense to have that kind of functionality built inside of a project management, where um, a missed phone call or uh, 
uh, missed, you know, res- issue response or something like that, you know, could be in big delays. Oh, Sorry, yeah. man. Things make me burp it up. <laughs> oh, you're good, yeah. dude. Even just having like heat indexes or having oh, certain yeah. images that are things that people have seen. Let's say that you get, uh, I don't know, if you can take pictures and actually create issues and tag them as safety issues, you know, and put them into the project, seeing those things on your project, you know, as you're, as you're going to be pulling up and like, all right, I need to take care of this, this, and this. You know, you're a safety manager. You're going to have a, uh, you know, a safety meeting today and have certain issues that we can cover and, and kind of reflect who all was there and capture, of course, the meeting minutes of, of everything that was done. I think all of that tying together into this is, is great. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is an exciting platform and exciting functionality. Um I think it is game changing. There are, you know, there's rival platforms that have some of this functionality, but I think BIM 360 kind of gives you a better bang for your buck with everything that's in there. I love it, man. And I love the direction. And I love that it's BIM focused. You know, even though the name says BIM, it does 2D, all that stuff. Don't worry about it. You can just work off of PDFs and Excel files if you want. But being BIM minded, leveraging that BIM data, oh, opens the world, man. It does. Well, I mean, and be, again, being able to host that information because that's really what it's all about is the the eye right the information that we have available we want to connect it all and if it's the excel file if it's the autocad 2d file what have you that's all information that we can take into our our management of this model of this building or the model itself and i think being able to to host and um gosh i'm looking for like that collaboration word uh but not collaboration but (laughs) <laughs> you're, you're looking for it to host all this data and allow everyone to join. Interact? In. Yes, Maybe. you're allowing yeah. these interactions. There we go. We're, we're, we're getting these interactions of all of this data and, and everyone that's involved. I think that's huge, right? Yeah. And being and I think, a, oh, I think we're I was going to say, I think we're maybe making this sound really complicated, but I promise you guys. It's not it's if you not. can work a smartphone, you can work BIM 360. I love that's, it. Dude, that's what I was just about to say. It's HTML web browser based, so you can yeah. access it from anywhere, any with your smartphone. Yeah, I mean, yes. honestly, there's an app. There's there's an app for smartphones, and I love the fact that um, they kind of got away from uh, Apple iOS devices on layout, and they moved it to Android, so they don't need that Bluetooth bridge. Oh, but I'm yeah. just I'm just an Android lover, man. I'm that guy that's always trying to you know root for the underdog. Although I think Android's probably now taking over iOS at some point. But uh, <laughs> I was that guy that's like, oh yeah, I'll never do iPhone. Blah blah blah. I mean, I did for a while, but don't yeah. tell anybody. But now that it's now that it's on Android, I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan. And I, I don't know, I I love not having to lug around an iPad. I've got you know they make phones that are huge. I've got a pretty big one. I've got this. I don't know what it is. S8 plus, S9 something, Note, whatever. I don't know what it is. It's a big phone. Um, I feel like I shouldn't have to carry around a tablet. So my phone does pretty much all that stuff for me these days. I love it. Yep. And I mean, a lot of that, it, it solves those uh, big issues of, of mobility, of ruggedness. Now, I will tell you, honestly, I have an iPhone. I do love Apple products, but the oh, iPad and the field. You belong in Portland, dude. you damn <laughs> You and no. your damn dairy allergy. <laughs> I, I like the uh, the security of the iPhones. I like my music. I like being able to share with my you family. Love, you like the security? Stuff. Does it provide you a safe space? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> oh, oh gosh. Love you, yeah, me too, dude. Um, but 
I, I really see the ruggedness of the Android tablets and 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 seeing that in the field, I think, even just taking out like a Surface Pro or these ruggedized field computers that you're seeing coming out now um, and, and being able to connect with your devices through Bluetooth, right? Not having to buy, of course, those bridges and those bridges always breaking or solders coming off or, you know, anything getting too hot, those things just they were a pain and they cost so much to replace yeah. I, I just when you can walk up to a site know you're going to be able to connect with this equipment no matter what and you do have a good range and even if something gets in between you you're still going to have that connection yeah yeah man i i get it um and i think it's important to note that also on the samsung side or the android side um you know like the ipad was a Consumer device, you know, got fidgety, the screen would slow down, cold days, blah, 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 all that stuff would happen. Well, uh, we don't have those issues with Android because, you know, we're superior, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's all the same technology, guys, I promise. No, uh, uh, so they make this 10.1-inch Samsung, and they're making, like, military-grade rugged uh, cases for it. So awesome, man, like... I'm not a big tablet person. Got to say, you know, this Surface you know, Pro for work, and then I've got. Every time somebody says military grade to me, I'm like, oh. <laughs> you were in the military, you don't know what yeah. <laughs> Oh man, it's just gonna be huge. That's what it is. It's a huge, mm-hmm. just outer coating on a small tablet. That's that's. <laughs> got a four-inch phone, but a thirty-inch cover. Right. Oh man. Over-engineered, that's the word, right? Over-engineered. Over-engineered. Although I will tell you, I brought that, uh, what was it? The uh, I brought one of the Android tablets home from work, and I was able to, uh, you know, kind of have it at my house for a weekend, and it survived. It's kid-proof? So I, oh, my gosh. That's a better rating than military-proof. That's what I'm saying. If it's yeah. kid-proof, man, we are good. Yes, yeah, you guys can drop this military rating for, for <laughs> technology devices. If it survives my That's wife crazy. for a week, dude, it's good. It's good. Oh, man. Well, uh, that's the core functionality. So Insight, all that stuff. Android, superior platform. Yes, guys, still works on iOS. Don't worry. Uh, but there's other functionality, right? You've got these integrations. You mentioned earlier when we were talking about Assemble. That's an integration. We mentioned it when we talked about BIM 360 or uh, Bluebeam, rather. That's an integration. There are a lot of integrations with BIM 360. I don't know what the number is. Things like 68. Oh, Seems okay. like whatever rises to the top, Autodesk buys. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I, I think they're in that point right now where they're still um, they're investing in it because they know that we need it. They know yeah. we do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was so Building Connected, right? That was one. Oh of the- yes, Building Connected, man. I love the idea of Building Connected. I mean, again, pairing that with Insight Data, right? It's Building Connected was like a social media platform for contractors, and you're seeing who's kind of walking around your site. You could pull information for what their email, the phone number, um, again, who that person is as they're where as they're on your site, where they are on your site. And we're able to tie this kind of information back into we're working with these contractors. Hey, um, we're having these issues or we're we're behind or we're ahead of schedule. These guys are great. Um, we these 
you know, our, our relationship moving forward is awesome. And we're seeing this data through, again, Insight in terms of when somebody makes a bid and we're working with all of these different people who are submitting bids online and we're going to be able to go through and, and see, okay, we had high risk here. We got low risk here. This is a great idea, you know, because a lot of times we're looking at cheaper, right? Everybody wants to save money, make money. And you really don't want to lose money in that process because you don't know that's, what this track record is. That's such a scary like thing to think about. We were trying to make construction cheaper. You're trying to get the lowest cost, lowest bid out of a construction project. It's like, I really want this building to last for 50 years, 70 years, but I need it as cheaply, done as cheaply as possible. Yes. Well, I mean, because you got to allow padding, a lot of that, that yeah, stuff, yeah, we yeah. all know, because a construction project. 25% rework, blah, blah, yes, blah, blah. We all that all kind of that stuff, man. We got but that's statistics. what we're trying to kind of help with right now, right? Yeah. I mean, all of this, connecting this information on the cloud and, and as the model updates, as the fabrication shops need to pull information from that model, they're making parts, anything like that, or we're going out to pour a slab and we want to make sure these penetration points are notated correctly because I don't want to mount a, a air handling unit or something below this floor and realize that my exhaust vents aren't actually positioned right and I got to repipe it then it's going to you know that's a change order that's something I got to go ahead and, and and push up like hey I needed to redo this and it needs to be updated yeah yeah exactly man uh so I'm on the bin 360 integrations page and uh I'm just looking around uh sorry my computer's slow I've got this old uh, Toshiba that I use for this podcast. Um, and I'm, I'm looking at, what's that? I said, I'm working on an Asus. It's a Walmart special. We're cool. Oh, bro, man. <laughs> we, 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 we demand $5,000 laptops for work, but when it comes to buying stuff for home, it's like, Hey, can I get this for 250 bucks? Right. That's a cool $200. Yeah. It's touchscreen. Yeah. So- yeah. It's different when it's your money, man. <laughs> um, my wife's got a nice laptop. Uh, so so I'm sitting there looking around and I'm like thinking about what some of my favorite integrations have been with BIM 360. And, you know, you and I, we chat about Revitso and we like that. And we chatted about eSub, really like that. Um, yeah. Rake you know, in. Rake in, Ignite, um, which I love Ignite, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> the fact that I can save files to my server and uh, have them replicate on the cloud and access them either location. Oh. So if I'm on site and it pulls to the, you know, um, pulls from the desktop, that's, you know, pulls pulls from the local server rather than the cloud because it's faster. Like so that's great, great stuff. I love the technology, man. Uh, Bluebeam, great. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, Plan Grid, but now that's an acquisition, so it is a little bit different. Yep. Uh, but Insight VR, Insight VR, I think that's a cool one. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Insight VR. Insight VR. Virtual reality from BIM 360. All right. Hey, man, I'm a fan of that. Uh, there's this integration with uh, Daiquiri. I don't know if you did anything with them. A few years ago, I, I uh, reached out to them and um, tried to get some stuff going. But uh, Daiquiri allows you to view, the, you know, obviously the job site, but it actually allows you to see the issues and all that stuff as you walk around. Like, there's like symbols that pop up for, hey, I've got an issue with this room, or hey, this is attached to this, or hey, you know, there was something that got changed here. Like it'll show you all that stuff inside of it. It's pretty cool. Definitely. Yeah. That's, that sounds very cool. 
Well, there's just a lot of uh, VR and AR integrations. Even drone that came deploy, out. dude. I love drone deploy. Having that integration in, that's very yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff that, that came out of it. I've, I I kind of want to geek out if I can take like scans or if you can have a UAV drone fly, you know, your project. You can see how your model is kind oh. of well, how your site is updating over the course of time, right? And you could start using that to kind of pre-plan and use for logistics on your site. And then yeah. you're kind of, again, going through taking these these scans of your site through this drone and uh, using the information to kind of schedule or timeline out your project. You're seeing what's going on. You can kind of see any big issues, safety issues, logistical issues, notate those early on. And again, it's kind of pushing into the whole process, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so drones, you know, photogrammetry. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Well. I kept saying scanning. I know. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> photogrammetry uh, from drones is great. Scans, on the other hand, uh, BIN 360, you know, BIN 360 can process large quantities of data with relative ease because of the platform it's on. Yet, I don't think. Um, we can load scan data. The issue is the files become so big that local computers, and I actually had a chat with this uh, on a LinkedIn post, and I'll remember the guy's name here in a few minutes. But um, uh, anyways, you, you know, there are limit, real limitations that happen with trying to be able to have that saved to your cache on your local computer because it's like about 100 gigabytes data, and you're, you're putting your uh, <laughs> your computer at a standstill. Um, That's true. Yeah, but, yeah. So, so BIM but it has nothing to do with BIM 360, really. Data, it's, it's, it's computer limitation. Okay. I learned something um, else today. Awesome. Yeah. Dennis Dixon was his name. Um, uh, Dennis Dixon at so uh, WZMH Architects. He, so that, there's a good he and I had a there. pretty good uh, scan conversation. Okay. So I'm sorry. I, I just as you're talking there, I wonder if we can use a linked file and kind of link a scan to a live model. Um, I think you can. Yeah. I mean, I haven't tried it. Right. That's something we're going to try this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right. Love it. Um, so uh, I guess while we're on this topic of uh, BIM 360, there's and chatting about conversations I had on LinkedIn. Um, do you remember me tagging you in a post uh, with Paul, uh, what's his name, Fedral uh, from Autodesk? Which one? Which post? Yeah, no, I do too. Or the title, more of a title. Um, let me see. Give me 30 seconds. Uh, this is a great tool. Was what my comment to you. Oh, no, that's what yes. you replied. To You're me. talking about the Navisworks and um, clash detection integration with BIM 360, right? Yes, yes. Yes. Man. Okay. Yeah. Not having to rely on the BIM 360 coordinate interface. Not that it's bad. But being able to work in my native Navisworks environment, which if, I, if, I'm, if I'm a GC or uh, MEP contractor, it's where I've lived through coordination. I don't want to get to know another platform. Give me Navisworks any day long, but give me more functionality in Navisworks. This does it. I get to do the issue uh, tracking and all that stuff from inside of Navisworks with this tool. It's pretty awesome, man. That is very cool. Very good integration. Um now, I still want to see everybody start coming up to coordinate, but <laughs> I think it is a very, very awesome tool, very very great integration that we're going to see a lot of uh, use from. 
Oh, man. I am totally looking forward to it. Um, what else? Uh, so, I mean, Bid360 is a whole world of, uh, of these third-party add-ins. Uh, mm-hmm. Some Autodesk has bought. Uh, there's 91 currently. More integrations coming. I know of a few. I'm not going to say anything. It's a Autodesk's, uh, you know, you know, thing. I'm not going to say anything. But mm-hmm. really excited for what's coming. The integrations are going to be amazing. Uh, yeah. The but best integrations. We've got the best, the greatest integrations. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're amazing. <laughs> they're amazing. Amazing integrations. <laughs> Oh, you think China's got great integrations? We got great integrations. Huge. Huge. It's going to be huge. I don't know if that was uh, Trump or a Chinese Bernie Sanders. I'm not not (laughs) certain, but hey, man, I've got a few of these 9.5% alcohols in me, so I'm feeling good. Um, Seriously, I mean, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge, man. Uh, Looking forward to the big news uh, for all that stuff to get released. Um, you're seeing, so back to it, Autodesk Construction Cloud. I mean, that's kind of what you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. So the whole Construction Cloud, for those that intend AU, uh, give a rundown, my man. Oh, so the Construction Cloud is really when they're bringing everything, all of these integrations, they want to bring all these services together to really kind of help the process, the full process, as we've been talking about, um, with like Assemble, with uh, Building Connected, uh, the integrations through Plan Grid, Plan Grid, just all these different, um, as Joey said, what, 91? 91 different integrations that we're, that we're kind of seeing yeah. in different locations that are coming together to really communicate and I, I want to say optimize this data, the way that we yeah. use data. And- and, and for those that don't know, Plan Grid is a remarkable tool. Bid360 docs, phenomenal level of the integrations. But uh, Plan Grid indexes data in a certain way that I could just type, you know, two, two letters, search through 180 sheets, pull up all the text on all those sheets. It does OCR and everything. It is fan-freaking-tastic. Like, being able to have that querying capabilities um, in, in, like, you know, seconds. It's amazing. Yeah. Yep. Very powerful stuff. Um, I can only imagine that, that features are, those features are coming to BIM 360, but um, uh, Plan Grid, Autodesk has, has a great uh, whole suite of construction tools. Yeah, they do. And I mean, I would definitely say we should be on the watch for more of those processes to come in. That, I mean, as you're seeing as they integrate it in, it just keeps getting better and better. Yep, yep. So uh, we kind of tackled this twofold. We put uh, who uses and benefits uh, kind of in the same thing, just because you can't talk about who uses and benefits uh, separately in this regard because there's too many different modules. But mm-hmm. um, let's jump into the cost of adoption. So the cost of the software varies. Um, you've got like 350 something dollars. I can probably pull it up on the website. Here. Yeah, it's like uh, 350, 360 dollars for docs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, this is going to be hard to go over because there's tiered pricing uh, for each module. If you buy a 25-pack, it's cheaper and includes this and all that sort of stuff. Or if you buy this with this, you get bundled pricing. Um, I don't know, a lot of different cost uh, things to throw out there. Just just know that um, it's worth its weight in, 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 in price, trust me. Yes, 
But I think uh, another thing to think about there is when you're right buying. Job. Oh, yeah, you're sorry. Um, All right. It is the right tool for the right job, but I think another thing to think about when you're talking about pricing is um, the different types of licensing that you can utilize for different projects. Not every project you're going to need build, you're going to need field or project. Well, I would think you're going to need – actually, that was probably the wrong one to reference because you're going to need build. <laughs> but, well, and you're going to need them at different points in time too, right? So maybe I need five designers – uh, accessing this part of the project, but later on, you know, maybe I'm a design build firm, and maybe uh, later on I'll need, you know, 12 uh, 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 field guys accessing just the docs manual, yep. man, man, module, can't even speak, uh, and maybe one or two PMs accessing the uh, build module, right? So it's a little bit different. Kind of got to figure out, pick and choose what makes sense, but make sure everybody has the right tool. But yes. it's highly customizable. You can reassign licenses. Um, when you assign somebody a license, they get, um, it, it's not one license per project, it's one license and they get access to all the projects, or all the projects you've given them access to, rather, right? So they can be on a million projects, nowhere, there's no data, no data caps, you're not getting charged for exceeding any file limitations or whatever. Yep. But they can also kind of resend that license, take that license back, yeah. and give it to someone else who needs to use it in a different part of the process. So... When you're thinking again about that pro about that pricing, it's it's really different in terms of oh, I don't I just need I have this many people and I need these many licenses. No, it's how are they involved in this process at what point in time, and what information do they need? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and that's exactly it. So you can be a little creative with your licensing strategy. Um, that said, they've got I think they have an all inclusive package for doing a pilot project, uh, which is pretty. Uh, Pretty great. Get that ROI, that value in there. Always yep. uh, For a lot of these modules, you might have to go through a construction specialized reseller, Autodesk reseller for guys that don't know. You don't have to buy directly through Autodesk. There are different resellers that you can buy your software through. Um, look for one that's construction specialized, been through 60 specialized. Not only are they going to be your best bet for um, getting the best price on the software, but in some instances they, they're the only ones that can sell you the software. And they're the only ones that are going to be able to really support you in the software downstream. Uh, so that gets me to my next point for uh, cost of adoption training. Uh, there are a few different ways to go about training. Autodesk has freaking remarkable training uh, available on their website. Uh, in, in the product itself, you click the little yeah. graduation cap on the bottom, pull up anything you ever want to learn. There well, Autodesk has forums and dedicated sites. So training could be as free as you want or if you really want to dive in and tackle it, you know, give, give David a call. Uh, he's really good at this stuff. And he, can, he can make it sing or call your local uh, <laughs> you know, specialized reseller. Yes, I was actually going to say, during a webinar the other, that I did the other day over Coordinate, um, when I went into the module, I hadn't touched it in this certain project for a little bit, and they had new features. Oh, and when they have new features. I'm so scared like, of the okay, you want to you they have to like you literally have to click on all these different little you know items in there these little action items in there to help you kind of understand what it does so that's that's a huge point there joe in in terms of adoption they're helping you adopt it yeah. every time there's a new feature that's brought in you're going to see that they tell you 
like as soon as you get in it, there's a dialogue box that pops up and and they let you know and you say, okay, guide me through it. And you'll see each like modular, let's say issues, RFIs, kind of what have you, submittals, meeting minutes, whatever it is, you're going to be able to click on it and they'll tell you kind of what it does and where it goes. So I think in terms of adoption, this is going to be very easy. Um, and, and as it grows, you're going to be able to grow with it. Yeah, I, um, I completely agree, but for the demo purposes, I'm scared of new features because I'm like, oh, they changed <laughs> hey, this tool. <laughs> yo, yeah. Yeah, as, as I'm in a webinar, like, oh, hey, um, all right, I guess I got to click these buttons, and it's not going to let me move forward until I do. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. I, <laughs> it was funny. I, uh, I've been caught in a few of those, and I'm like, oh. They did add this. This is, I mean, this is great. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, I'm, I touch it maybe once a month now. I used to be in it daily, nonstop, but yeah, uh, I'm a bit removed these days. But uh, so when I whenever I see that, I'm like, oh, what do they change now? Sometimes I'm like, oh, did they fix this? Oh, yes, they did. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, for those of you guys that know, they get updates about every two weeks, new developments, new functionalities, bug fixes, all that sort of stuff. I mean, it's a pretty stable platform. All the bugs are pretty much worked out. But now they're uh, they're on the um, uh, implementing uh, key features, taking features that we had in old pl- platforms and migrating them forward and, and making them even more enhanced. There's some cool stuff coming with plan and scheduling and all that stuff too. So really excited, man. Really excited for this roadmap. They're on the advance. It's awesome. They're just adding more features as, as kind of the weeks go by and making it better and better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and for those of you guys that don't know, there is there is a roadmap for BIM 360. Just go to, uh, was it blogs.autodesk.com, uh, BIM 360 roadmap or, or something something to that effect. Uh, there's a roadmap out there. Uh, yeah, that's it. It's blogs.autodesk.com forward slash BIM 360 hyphen. Uh, Kevin Clausen, if you're listening, high fun. Uh, <laughs> roadmap for the last inside joke. Sorry, guys. Uh, and I, I believe there's a roadmap of that that, that location. Uh, and then there's always the release notes, and there's a bunch of stuff out there. I've got a lot of great safe links on my work computer that I can share out if anybody's interested. And we have you know, training guides and all that stuff that we're happy to to, to help people with. Um, so cost of adoption varies. This one's kind of up in the air, guys. It really depends on what you guys want. At its lowest form, BIM 360 docks, very affordable. Buy a 10-pack, 25-pack, whatever they're sold in, uh, very inexpensive. Um, tiered pricing, or you buy a few you know, licenses just to have on hand. Um, training, it's pretty much free. Uh, if you guys want to you know, get a little more advanced or you need some hand-holding, reach out to your construction specialized resellers. Uh, hit David Campbell and myself up on LinkedIn at David Campbell at uh, Analytical Joe. I think that's my tag. I'm not sure. Um, benefits. We kind of went over a lot of this stuff. Uh, was there anything you wanted to tack on on the benefits side before we jump to advanced workflows? Well, I mean, I don't. I, not that uh, I guess we haven't talked about, it, but your versioning, being able to connect everyone together. Um, I think I think we've pretty much touched on almost everything. Uh, for benefits of utilizing BIM 360. Yeah, I mean, we could spend another four hours talking about the benefits, though. <laughs> really? Yes. Uh, I don't think I have that much beer, and I don't know if I could stay awake that long, man. I think uh, <laughs> another beer of these, and uh, I might need to take a nap. Um, so with that, though, man, let's uh, 
let's jump to some key functions and workflows and advanced workflows and all that sort of stuff. Kind of linking data is, is probably my favorite. Um, so for me, an advanced workflow, and I don't know if you had one off the top of your head. Did you? Before I oh, jump. for BIM 360? Yeah. Oh, I mean, dude, there's so many different ones you can utilize. Um, but I, I don't think I have anything super advanced, no. But in terms of just talking about different workflows, whether – uh, let's say design. If you're going uh, live link or you're going publish and court, uh, publish and consume. Well, right? that's an important conversation to have, right? Do I want to see the other person's changes immediately as they happen while they're still trying to figure stuff out? Um, because for those that don't know, the way BIM 360 design works is it's really saving uh, multiple models, and you don't really think of it in this context. But let's just put at a minimum three models, right? At the base core, I have a team. I am part of this team. This is my team. My team has a central model that we all access and save save off of and make changes and view and all that stuff. We access that central model, like you're over on your, your internal server. That's one model. Then there is a snapshot of that model that gets saved in BIM 360 docs. What BIM 360 docs shows on the web viewer is different than what Revit sees as part of my team. And the reason is that what my, my team sees is an active central model. What BIM 360 docs is showing the web viewer is the snapshot that I allow other people to see. So I have to, one, give them permission to see that, and two, I have to uh, publish for them to be able to see an updated uh, version of that model. Yeah. I mean, so that's your publish and consume. Well, I mean, not that's just well, publishing. Well, that's versions. just that's 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 not even publishing. That is, I mean, literally, this is just the base version of it. Not even talking about linking for other people to see. So, say uh, my boss, call him Tom. Tom doesn't use Reddit. Tom wants to come in and see what we've done um, in BIM 360. When Tom logs into BIM 360 and he clicks the model and sees where it's at, yep. what he's seeing is not the active model. What he's seeing no. is a saved snapshot of the model that we've published. Even though he has access to my project, unless he opens that file from inside of Revit, he is not seeing the real changes that are happening or have happened. Yep. He's seeing a published snapshot of that model. So you, again, have to go to publish to do that. Yep. So there's two models. Then there's a third model. So let's throw a curveball in here. We'll say this is the publish consume workflow. Uh, architect, I'm working with an architect. Uh, the architect is their own team. Uh, for those of you guys that don't know, BIM 360 works off of teams. So we can set groups up, you know, teams rather, uh, full of individuals, you know, the design, the architectural design team, the structural design team. Uh, or maybe we have our own team or multiple teams internally that we, you know, uh, link together. So uh, Publish Consume, uh, they have their own model. It's their central model that they're all working off of in the cloud that their team sees. I cannot see their files unless they add me to their project or give me access to their files uh, or they publish and hence, so I can consume, hence the publish consume, I guess, um, uh, workflow. But if I, they give me access to their files and you know this, but the live linking methodology, um, then I'm live linking can actually then therefore log in, link to their Revit file and actually see all the changes that are happening in real time because we're all part of the same team essentially. Yeah, that's a big workflow um, for anybody that, which I've, I've talked to a lot of firms um, here on the West Coast that are utilizing some other firm uh, to do a lot of detailing or modeling with them. 
Um, and some of those firms are in other countries, you know, be it yeah. India, be it China, what have you. Um, and they work at different times than we do. So yeah. allowing them to access that model and design fully in that model through that live linking instance is huge because as your design team in the U.S. is sleeping, your team over in India or uh, China, what have you. Um, or or maybe you just don't designing. have the manpower locally. Uh, yeah. You know, hey, we've got a great project. Um, it's taking more hours than we can, you know, then we've got designers yeah. and time. We're just so busy, we're just outsourcing. And I see that a lot, too. Um, it's not necessarily, I mean, sometimes it's a cost thing, but sometimes it's just, especially on the West Coast, I can't find anybody. They're all hired. There's yep. a short, small labor pool for uh, yep. for Revit and BIM in general. Uh, that said, for any of you listens, listeners out there, um, hit me up on LinkedIn if you guys are looking for uh, BIM designers. Uh, you need to subsidize. Um, you need somebody to help you with your work, do some kind of staff augmentation, whatever got a big project and you really need some help over the years i've collected a lot of contacts you know a lot of great people in a lot of great fields different parts of the country uh primarily u.s based but um let me know and i can point you in some right directions yep yep um so advanced workflows we kind of we talked earlier. about yeah, yeah, we, we talked, talked about, about Bluebeam. We talked about um, the uh, uh, Insight, you know, linking from BIM 360 Power BI or Power BI to BIM 360. And uh, I think we recorded a video. It's up on LinkedIn somewhere about that. Uh, again, if you guys have questions, hit us up. Well, we'll be able to help you guys out. Um, so uh, BIM 360 design, live linking versus uh, publish consume. I'm trying to think what is another probably notable. Oh, I've got one. Um, so for those of you guys that are working in, uh, PDFs, there is a PDF, um, uh, I don't even know how to say it. It's like OCR tool rather, right? So if I upload a PDF set, um, BIM 360 wants to break apart that set, create uh, individual sheets for everything. Uh, title blocks. Yeah. But what I can do is I can take the title blocks, um, do OCR on certain areas of the title blocks. And I can set up columns, and it'll read that information and populate columns. So maybe I want to know. Yeah. Yeah, attributes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so one of my recommendations was to be able to, because those attributes were locked, so being able to move those attributes around, uh, which that was one of my recommendations, and I'm so glad that, that we're there. Um, but uh, being able to do OCR essentially on the title blocks or various parts of the document, and if you have a standard set. Uh, um, you know, obviously, if you've got standards, your sheets all look the same, hopefully, theoretically. Uh, but being able to um, just upload your PDFs and being able to get a snapshot of your files before you even look at them, right? I can say, you know, John made a change at this date. Here's this information. This is all updated, blah, blah, blah. It's all populating from the sheets that were uploaded. Uh, it doesn't have to be a sheet. It could be maybe I've got an actual PDF file of RFI. So I worked with uh, some people that didn't want to get away from their PDF, R, PDF RFI workflow, uh, even though BIM360 has an RFI uh, capabilities baked in. Uh, so being able to upload PDF RFIs, populate the columns um, uh, with all that RFI, you know, with all the various information on that standard RFI sheet, um, it was it was a pretty seamless workflow. All I gotta do is upload the PDFs, the OCR gets run, we set up the title, the template, and every sheet that gets uploaded changed, or every uh, PDF that gets uploaded added new data. 
Yep, that's a great workflow, man. It really is. Yep, yep, pretty cool. Hmm. Well, man, I don't, uh, I don't think I have any other ones for the advanced workflows. There's none that I've uh, had the privilege of playing with yet. Yeah, I was really trying to look into uh, what we could utilize with assemble and cost, but. Um, Cost is too new, I think. <laughs> yeah, cost is too new still. It's 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 uh there it's still uh, needing a little bit of, oh. of uh, integration there. I got one more. All right, one more. Uh, so I do a lot with Bin 360 layout. Uh, Next gen, love it. Shout out to Zach Cremal uh, uh, and Shane Hamill. Those guys do great with APL and Bin 360 layout. Um, uh, the new layout application on the Android. Works with a few select total stations, a few of our favorites and uh, competitor products. Um, but something you may not know is it works with any GPS and MEA device. So I can use both internal GPS for my phone or tablet, mm-hmm. or I can do layout or place new points with the GPS. That is a fantastic point. Yes, you can. Yeah, I can control it with my phone. Imagine controlling your, not just your total station, but your GPS um, receiver with your phone. I mean, that's pretty that's, pretty crazy. It is, honestly. Love it, man. Yes, it is. Love it, love it, love it. Um, I think that's all I have. If you guys out there, and uh, uh, to quote OJ Simpson, Twitter land. I don't know if anybody follows OJ on Twitter. It's hilarious. But well, uh, I'm at, I'm at, my Twitter handle is at BrewGuyDave. 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 Man, I I have not been uh, – I'm still trying to figure out the Twitter train. I'm, I'm trying to jump on it. We're you know, el- elder millennials. We might have missed that. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like on LinkedIn. Cool. You know, LinkedIn is fine. It, when I get to Twitter, I'm like, what what do I tweet? We're, we're, we're too old for Facebook. No, wait, wait, wait. We're too young for Facebook and too old for Twitter. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. That's exactly oh, what it is. Man. Uh, so what else is there? Instagram? I, I'm Instagram, not sure. yeah. Oh, oh, so man. we can, uh, you know, Photoshop big butts on us and have duck faces and whatnot. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure any of our construction friends want to see that one, but whatever. Uh, yeah, negative. Um. <laughs> Uh, man, so this, uh, I don't know if you follow this sportscaster, but he, uh, his daughter redrew, um, oh, what the map of the U S yes. I love it. It was so hilarious. Awesome. It was so great. <laughs> like I am instantly following this person on Twitter now. His, does his daughter have a Twitter? Like she's a genius. Yeah. That was hilarious. Was it Ohio two or something like that? I, Ohio two. Um, <laughs> cause so nobody wants a, to live in Ohio CNN, one. <laughs> yeah, the CNN reporter is like, so is it different than Ohio one? It's just like, have you been to Ohio one? <laughs> oh, that was great. Awesome. That was such a, her whole thing about Wisconsin not being a real state or not. Was it Wisconsin? Wyoming, Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah. Mm. It was Wyoming. That was great. That was That's great. Awesome. Oh, I got to get better at this Twitter stuff, y'all. Um, I'm at uh, Analytical, I think Analytical Joe or something. I don't know, something like that. Figure it out. But uh, it's tied to my LinkedIn, so whatever you see on LinkedIn, you're more than likely going to see on my Twitter for now. Uh, we do have a Brewing with BIM Twitter uh, we're working on, so we'll be releasing uh, platform-specific content to that one in due time, my man. 
Yes. And uh, search us out if uh, you're at a, any conferences, techie conferences, uh, Bluebeam, AU, um, what, Contech. Yeah, uh, we're, you know, we're there or one of our colleagues from uh, – Colleagues or somebody we know is there, you know, somebody knows this, I'm sure, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we're around, and, and we love to have conversations with you guys. Uh, hit us up on LinkedIn, hit us up on Twitter, um, whatever. We're down to have conversations with kind of whatever workflows you guys are yeah. going with. And, and don't be afraid to uh, buy us a free beer at one of these conferences, and uh, uh, you know, with your free yep. drink tips. Uh, also, don't be afraid to drop some knowledge on us. If you guys yeah. have something that you're that you're doing that uh, you think is is awesome and, and we're not touching yet, let us know. We'd love to learn more about it. And love to feature it. Yeah, yeah. And there's always software out there, right, that we don't know. But uh, and then we're always eager to learn or workflows in the existing software we've talked about, right? David and I. Uh, we're toddlers, right? We we know we know how to do stuff. We are we're still good. apprentices. We're apprentices in the uh, force of the BIM force, right? But there are it's people the out force. there that are freaking Olympic athletes, running circles. Jedi. They are Jedi. That's it, man. They are Jedi. That's the audience. <laughs> uh, but so so if you're one of those Jedi's and you want to drop some knowledge, you want to show the world how smart you are, uh, let us know. we got a pretty big platform here. We'd love to uh, interview you and get some get some information. And speaking of interviews, starting next week, I believe, we will start the interviewing. Uh, so we'll have uh, uh, different people from time to time come in, drop some industry knowledge, chat about how they got into the industry, what they're doing these days, um, and talk about any exciting projects they're working on, man. You know, showcase your talent, showcase your company. Um, There's a great platform to do that. It is. It is. And right. we always again, love talking, talking workflows, talking BIM. Yes, sir. If we can uh, further the BIM uh, evolution and BIM knowledge and you know, keep the conversation going, get more. My whole thing is I want to get more people interested in construction technologies. For those, of you that, for those of you guys that don't know, I'm kind of a bleeding heart when it comes to this. I don't think enough people realize how great our industry is and i'm talking outside of our industry In, if you're inside the industry you know it. you've got a big heart love this industry we're we're, uh, we're kind of a tight group um uh we're a large employment sector in the u.s but i still feel like we are a small sector of the u.s right everybody thinks of construction as swinging hammers and digging ditches yes those people yep. exist they do phenomenal work they you know swing the hammer better than anybody they dig the ditch better than anybody but it's more than that too there's a whole technology evolution, a uh, whole revolution right out of that's happening in, in construction where um, great things are happening. Uh, I've had privilege to a lot of robotic conversations that are oh, happening. Dude. Where, well, yes. You're coming out. I can't say anything just yet because I don't know if there's NDAs or whatnot. But I just, technology uh, is changing and it is amazing. It is. I just, I just actually, pub, uh, I shared a article from the AGC today, and it was, um, it was about using uh, robotics in construction, and there were uh, MULES or mules, and they were literally the wearable construction, the wearable technology, like those robotic suits to help uh, mortars, like bricklayers, pick up blocks and set them down, and then they were oh, using the, uh, these automatic. Um, mortar like uh, 
they're machines. I think they called them SAM, SAMs, to actually lay all of the block. And then these these they're lining it up like automatically. These dudes are picking it up, setting two blocks down, and it's not putting any strain on their bodies. Like they're picking this block up, but it's almost weightless. And then they're going and setting it down, and this machine's lining it up, mortaring it down, putting grout and everything down to, per specification. It's it's great, and it's saving the workforce. Oh man, yeah. I mean, you take the manual labor uh, component out of it, but you allow people to still have their same uh, artistic skill set. I mean, that's great. You take the manual piece out of it, the uh, you know the back wrenching labor, but yep. allow them to still apply their skills. I mean, yep. come on. So uh, we don't ask for contributions. We don't, you know, we don't want your money. You guys are good. Uh, <laughs> that said, if you got a million dollar check laying around, shoot oh, us. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> but, but that said, uh, where I'm going with this, it's not asking for your money. Don't worry. Uh, I'm asking for your knowledge. Uh, I'm asking for your your voice, your feedback, whatever. Um, the hardest part about doing a podcast is you're just speaking at the wall, literally. Got David on my headset, dialing in on a Skype meeting. Um, and what we want is we want feedback. We want to know what you guys think. We want to know uh, what you're interested in. If there is something that you're really passionate about, you really think that you can lend to the conversation, you know, shoot us a message, oh. jump on it. Uh, we want to start planning out, you know, several of these a week if we can. Yes, I agree. I, I would. Any of these conversations that we can have, the more we can learn, the better. The more information that we can share, the less silos that we have, the more that we can grow together to better the processes. Yeah, David and I, David and I's limitations are our, our, our greatest weakness is our limitations in knowledge, right? The greatest limitations of this podcast is our limitations in knowledge as long as we only talk amongst ourselves. So that's why we want your feedback. We want to know what you guys think. We want to know what you guys are working on. Come showcase your project. Come showcase uh, your favorite beer. Doesn't matter. Let's uh, start having uh, open conversations. I'm excited for our next guest. Uh, I'm excited for the next uh, podcast we got lined up. And uh, with that, man, I think uh, we'll wrap this episode up, bud. Yep. I'd say have a good All night. Right. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Brewing with Bim. <laughs>